Okay, now, this is Matt Pandola with the Relative Run Readiness Podcast, along with my superhero sidekick, Mr. <laughs> Chad Sweet. <laughs> I am not ev- the Robin to your Batman. <laughs> yes, you are. Okay, well, fine. Wonder Twins, activate power of a bucket of water. And, and you're like the purple gorilla. And rhinoceros. Yeah. It was always a bucket of water. Yeah. We were talking about that. Or ice, icicles. Yeah. Something to do. And then I feel like they could have done so much more with the Wonder Twins. I think so, too. I think they were really, uh, they got hamstrung by their own limitations, for sure. Yeah. I was, you know, I was wondering why the Wonder Twins were so, so good. I think that they could have activated a lot more things and have been a lot more interesting. Well, you know what, though? I will, I, I, I. I may be misremembering, but I think there is something about the the power of partnership. They were really sort of, they always worked together. The gorilla always held the bucket of water and threw it on the villain. Yeah, yeah. That's why you're my wonder twin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're a Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> the question That's... is, who's Danny DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know the answer to that. <laughs> All right, guys, well... If you haven't tuned out already, this is a episode about how we train or do you even train, bro, right? Because we're, we talk about the differences in working out versus training. We want to understand that there is actually a difference there. So do you even know the difference? I don't think that for me, much of my Um, career, I didn't really even think about the differences until I started working with Mr. Bobby McGee. And he said, you know, Matt, he was originally from South Africa. And he said, you know, we didn't even use the term work out in South Africa. We get the use of the word training because training indicated there was a plan There was something, a regiment that you were following in order to get from A to B. In other words, to make progress from where you're at now to where you want to be, you follow the training plan. Whereas workout, well, I guess technically it did exist, but you didn't really use that word so much because it just basically meant that there was no real plan to it. You're just kind of just kind of doing, going through um, the mo- the motions. There was no real plan to it. You were going to try this movement. You're going to try that movement. But it wasn't necessarily geared towards, say, allowing you to make progress so you could run faster. So yeah, towards that goal. Yeah, towards that goal. So now. Uh, that's interesting to me because there's many, many training plans out there that to me are really just workouts. I don't, I don't see them as being necessarily relative towards a progression. And, and the reason why I say that is because say somebody is going to be upping their mileage and they're going to go from doing 60 miles a week and they're working up towards 70 miles a week. Is that taken into consideration into their overall training plan, into their energy system development plan? Or are they still doing a progressive overload in their training? Because if you're increasing your volume, your accumulation in running miles at the same time that you're now still trying to create new stress and demands in strength, that can be 
a recipe for disaster, right? You're just constantly taxing your body on both ends. So what you're saying is, um, you know, think about it as an ecosystem, right? Like your body is a part of the ecosystem and your um, training plan is part of the ecosystem that includes not only the the um, strength training you might be doing, but also the, the running training or biking training or swimming training. Um, and that also, I think also includes, uh, your mental training too. That's gotta be part of it and your emotional training and how that also fits into how you're working towards that goal. Yeah. So what we're really saying here is if you're the purple gorilla, (laughs) (laughs) And you're throwing that bucket of water, that bucket of water, that may be your running and the purple gorilla might be your strength training, right? Just because I think of purple gorilla, like strong strength, I don't know. (laughs) And, and you're trying, you're, you're trying to work together. Yeah. Wonder twins. Yeah. Activate power of a better runner, right? A faster effort, um, a new PR. So how does this correlate? Well, if we're, if we're looking at progressions here, and we, we talk oftentimes about, especially with gym age, are you a beginner, right? Have you never really done strength before? And, and especially, have, do, do you have the background for coordination for these, these movements. And that comes into play quite a bit too. So first I'd like to talk about what our backgrounds, how different they really are and what they may be, because it gets me thinking a lot with you, Chad, because when we are doing your strength progressions, you have a pretty, um, a pretty good history when it comes to athleticism, coordination, your gym age as well. So these things all get factored in. And the, the, the fact is that your progress in mechanical loading in the gym, it's pretty quick. It's, it's, it's pretty fast progress and it should be because you have the history for that. But somebody looking at you from just two months ago to today, they may be wondering, well, what is he doing? Because I got to do that. (laughs) And I would think that your plan would be too progressive, too much of an overload for many people. And that's 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 because of your history and and your understanding of movement patterns, et cetera. So you have the muscle memory for that sort of thing. And uh, so I'm the gorilla and (laughs) you're the bucket of water. You are a gorilla. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's like anything else. I mean, if you have learned to play the piano when you were seven and you spent three years playing the piano and then you dropped it for a couple of years and then you picked it back up for, you know, your teenage years and then you dropped it again and then you start again when you're 30, you don't lose everything you learned before. In fact, when you start playing again, however many years later, it just takes a, a fraction of the amount of time to for your body to remember and your brain to remember the all almost all of those things that you learned when you were younger. And I, I think that's kind of what you're talking about too. Is my my body and my uh, my uh, nervous system and all of those things, while they might not be uh, being put to use you know, two months ago, the way they had been in the past, it doesn't take very long for those systems to come back online. Yes. And I'd like to point out that even when you weren't doing this 
strength training plan, you were you were essentially still very active every day. You build sets for your theater company. You do a lot of things that you just take for granted. Like over the weekend, you were painting all weekend, right? You you do things for hand-eye coordination and just for overall getting tasks done, but overall efficiencies that you probably don't even think about. You don't think twice about where other people don't do those type of things as much. And man, my shoulder's so sore because I was painting all weekend and my arm was overhead and you're just used to that. So that's, I think that's a big part of uh, the conversation too, is how much of this type of thing are you used to when it comes to coordination? When I was, I'm going to tell a little story. When I was younger, I didn't have, well, I didn't have many friends. Okay. Um, <laughs> Play and, sad music now. Yeah. Uh, well, in, in all seriousness, I, I really, I, I didn't, I wasn't the popular kid. And I'll tell you why I think that was, besides the fact that I had really big ears for the size of my head and <laughs> I was kind of easy to pick on. Um, I had like sort of that stick body, um, you know, like the drawings where you just have the circle head and then you have the stick. Uh-huh. That was, that was kind of me. And, on top of that, though, my mother was a, a hippie, and we drove to the West Coast, and we lived out in the woods. I'm not making this up in Lake Tahoe. We were from Connecticut, but we lived in the woods in Lake Tahoe in a teepee. It's a long story. You probably don't want to hear it, but I didn't spend time around other kids except for my sister, who um, used to basically, she was bigger than me and older than me and stuff. And we played together and stuff, although when my mom wasn't looking, she would push me down. Um, But I didn't really learn to, to do some of the traditional things at that age. And then long story short is my my dad ended up getting custody of us. We, we moved back to Rhode Island. We went into the school system because before that, it was kind of, well, I, I, I missed a lot of school as well. And I guess you would say that I had the version of homeschooling back then. But I got into the traditional school system and all the other kids have been playing sports now for a while. And I already was behind that way. How old were you at this point? Well, I was uh, first grade is when I I uh, ended up moving back in with my sister and I moved back in with my my father back east. And the the point to that was that I was running around Lake Tahoe, higher elevation. Maybe that's part of uh, what what helped me as a runner. Who knows? But I think it was more about the fact that. I had really, I didn't have a playground and stuff like that. It was more, well, run to the river and and play there and then get to that next mountain. And I literally did a lot of that kind of stuff where I didn't play like traditional sports and games. So I developed my coordination for running. So I, you know, I've often wondered whether or not that is just why I became uh, a pretty decent runner, just because I focused on that quite a bit in the beginning and then when i was older and it was time now that i could try out for different sports i was so far behind because i couldn't really understand even 
the the rules of the sports. Um, I didn't really have people to sort of uh, explain to me how I should even play a new sport. I remember joining a basketball team and I did, yeah, I did terrible. Um, and the coach said, every time you miss the basket, you just take a lap around the court. So I always miss the basket. <laughs> that reinforced your running. I, that, and it's, I'm not kidding you. I got to the point where I showed up at practice and I would just start running around the court. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and the, and the coach <laughs> would say, Matt, Matt, what are you doing? Take a shot. And I'm like, nah, I'll just, I'll just run. I'm going to miss anyway. <laughs> okay. And okay. So, so you, you get the picture and, and because of that too, when, uh, even when we were playing and back then in those days, we were, we had neighborhoods where we have in the summers, we'd almost have like our own leagues where everybody, all the kids would gather up and, you know, we're hanging out and then we'd pick our teams and we'd play. And, and usually some of the older kids would decide like, we're going to play baseball because baseball season or whatever, basketball or whatever it was going to be. And then you're just picked for the team. Well, of course, you know, I was always picked last. And so I just got to the point where, I didn't even try to to show up anymore, right? And I started running to the beach on my own because, well, the beach was kind of cool to be able to swim in the ocean for a little while. And I just had my own fun. And then some somebody saw me at the beach. And I think at this point, I was probably around, oh, I don't know, maybe 11 or so. And it was an uncle of mine, Uncle Frankie, and he saw me at the beach. And he said to my uh, dad, he said, you know, Matt was at the beach today. And um, he said, no, he couldn't have been at the beach. Well, it turns out that I lived about, I think round trip, we were talking maybe eight miles or so from the uh, four miles out, four miles back, something like that. And I was like 11, but I just thought it was just something I wanted to to do so I could, um, I could do something that day that was more interesting than, you know, staring at the other kids play. Right. So, yeah. so that's what I started doing. So I think that whole part of the conversation got me really thinking about how I learned to coordinate for running and running is a highly coordinated sport. And that's what my nervous system developed around at that, at that age. Now I couldn't do push-ups and pull-ups and squats and deadlifts and all these type of things, but I could, I could run and I got pretty good at it. Right. But when I started getting into the gym and realizing I needed to strengthen my body, so I could run faster, it was really tough for me to develop the coordination to be able to do some of these compound movements, right? Like a, uh, doing a proper squat and, and really good um, form when it comes to these positions is quite difficult and daunting even if you've never done it before. So that's why there's progressions and not just workouts to do. That's why there's a training plan essentially, Right. And versus somebody like you, that you were quite the athlete, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, some of my first memories were playing football in the backyard uh, with the family. And some of my most treasured memories are of my uncle coaching my baseball teams from the time I could, you know, wield a bat. He was there. And foosball. <laughs> you don't play no foosball. <laughs> I don't, I don't like that foosball. 
So you were uh, one of those guys that would pick on me. Yeah, well, it's probably true. Yeah. yeah. How the tables um, have turned. Not <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but but sports were always a gigantic part. You know, you talk about the kids getting together uh, every day during the summer to play something. That was I was one of those kids and always playing something and always running across town to play football or play tag or or kickball or dodgeball. Uh, <laughs> that was a great movie. It was a good movie. It was good. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it definitely was a big part of my life. And so I think, you know, as you talk about getting into the gym and and starting to work with some of those complex movements, uh, that, that did come a little bit more naturally. I had some dance training, too, by the time I got into the gym. And I think that's a uh, I think that's one of the best ways for a person to come to terms with how their body moves in space. Go take some dance lessons, go in a dance class or two and just figure out, like, what do these stupid limbs do and how do I make them move the way I want them to move or think they should move? And that's going to help you a ton for running, but also for your training progressions. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what we were talking about before, what I was thinking about when it comes to coordination and what you're kind of wired to do. I know with with my own daughter, she's she's very active. She she just loves to to just do lots of different things. And uh and I think I think that she's very social too, which is, which is great. She just, she loves to be around other kids and, but she also has, um, she has some great physical attributes to be able to excel in, in a lot sure of things does. that she's doing. I, I remember we were down at the river a couple of weeks ago and just watching that. She's like a little mountain goat. She's just jumping from rock to rock to rock and like not thinking twice about it. And she's as confident and you watch her and she's as stable as could be. Yeah, and then she joins soccer. Now, this was the first sport she joined where she wasn't automatically one of the better athletes at it. And she's nine now. She joined when she was eight, and she really enjoys it. But even by that age, it amazed me, there was there were kids that were doing it for a good three or even four mm-hmm. years already. And so they just understood the, the rules more. They under, they They developed the coordination for dribbling the ball, et cetera. So it was a a bit of a learning curve for her, but we did practice after school most days and she, she got better quickly. Right. And, and again, confidence, right. Confidence has a lot to do with this. And I, I bring that up because I think about how she, well, she does horseback riding lessons, but she also plays the guitar. So to me, you mentioned, uh, dance, and she's, she's also done dance classes, but one of the best things that I think she did for herself was martial arts, right? Mm-hmm. And, and she, she started martial arts when she was uh, four years old, and that, I think, really set the table up for a lot of other things. And she did get, it's called like your little ninja, but black belt <laughs> for little ninjas. And then I remember having that conversation with her and my wife, and talking about whether or not she should just continue to do martial arts because she was going to be like one of the youngest kids to get your black belt for even adults, right? If she kept going. And that was appealing 
but we decided, and she, I should say, too, also wanted to try other things. And we can get stuck in these sort of ruts of, well, let me just keep doing what I'm good at. Yeah. Which is kind of what I did um, because nobody would play with me. <laughs> but but I, I got good at really good at one thing. And then it's like, well, that's uh, ironically, I was the all athlete in my high school, only knowing how to do one thing. It's just that wow. I did cross country, indoor track, outdoor track. So, and I, as a freshman, I was able to be, you know, get varsity letters. So I was an all athlete, right? Sure, Not really, sure. right? And you know, what's funny though, is that I, I played every sport by the time I got to high school, like I played baseball and football predominantly uh, until I got to high school. And then there were all these other sports to play. Now, those of you who haven't seen me, you might be surprised to find out that I am a rather small person. And I realized early on, I, I'm not growing anymore. I can't really play football much longer. You're just a little guy. I'm not little. Uh, and so I was like, all right, well, I guess I should probably try something else because I'm just going to get, if somebody can catch me, they're going to clobber me in football. And so uh, I just ended up playing everything. I, I, one of the hardest decisions of my life, I quit football and then I played volleyball. I ran track. I played tennis. Um, I did all that stuff. And... Uh, and soccer, and I, I loved the opportunity to try all of those things, and and I think probably similar to Mia, the having the background that I had allowed me to progress pretty quickly in those sports, um, even though I didn't play them really for very long. Um, but I think what's interesting too is, you know, talking about gym age and talking about the backgrounds that, that some of us have, I think the important thing, uh, that I found out through not only working with you, but also developing our online training system, uh, the relative run readiness, um, strength training for runners is that the progressions you can, you can start at the very basics with our, with these movements and you can feel uh i think probably very quickly for most people you can get confident in these really um i, I don't want to call them basic movements i mean they're basics to our training uh, program but they're still pretty difficult movements i mean you we've had athletes world-class athletes start at the beginning of these progressions and find it difficult and have to master them you know a week or two or three weeks before they master the first part of their progressions now see that's where we talk about are we training or are we working out because even with a plan if we're doing movements that are beyond our level i think we're working out i don't think i think that's another way of saying that it's not really as productive as it should be for our progressions so i think that knowing when we need hand support or knowing when we need to slow things down or knowing that we need to even create a block of time where this is all I'm going to concentrate on because it's going to break me down and this is what I need to focus on before I try to get to this next level of running. And that takes... Uh, that takes a little bit of patience. I sometimes even call it the patience phase training. Mm -hmm. um, but again... Also, building confidence is important. 
and we don't want to compare ourselves to others. So sometimes somebody will have a high level of coordination and yet they haven't really developed their strength. So, okay, we can go into some more of these compound movements that will require more coordination, but they just get it right away. And we're able to start building on that base strength. But other people, and I include myself on this, we need to start off with more of the basics. And there's not, not only is there nothing wrong with that, but as you already alluded to, a lot of the top flight type of athletes that are highly coordinated, they sometimes just use a lot of momentum or a lot of compensation. So it looks really good until you slow it down and then you realize that they're just cheating really well. They're really <laughs> good at it, right? And so they need to start with the basics too. That's why even to this day, um, I believe that the you know when 10 exposes a lot of things for us when it comes to mobility and stability. But even to this day, when we go through a workup before we get to the main top sets, like the main sets that we're focused on that day, those workup sets are in everyone's programs because beginner to elite, I think it's always good to remind your body of how we're starting our base with our nervous system for these other movements. And so it's another way of saying we're going to prime up for these other sets. The difference is just with more of a beginner or somebody who has to work more on their mobility or stability or their coordination, they may just stay in those sets until they can say, do a balancing movement without hand support until they get stronger in certain stability areas. And then they can move towards some of these more compound movements. So they might be working on those sets for weeks or even months. And th that is the efficiency versus effectiveness part of it. If they're getting more efficient, that is effective. And there's a point where now they are much more optimal. They've kind of hit a tipping point where it, without more stimulus, they're probably not going to make more progress. But we also have to remember if we have already gone through those things, but we haven't done the basics in years, then maybe we need to actually go back to that. Or like I like to do, always kind of prime up or warm up with those movements so we never lose it um, and remind ourselves of more of what we have to use when it becomes more complex. So this is the first part of our conversation today about coordination essentially and what our gym age is because these other podcasts that we're going to talk about more in depth about reps and sets and progressions I want to make sure that we have this foundational talk first about really what is our gym age versus what's um you know, how many years have we been working towards a specific sport, but also what kind of background do we have in developing our nervous system? The ages between six and 12 is, is foundational, really. So uh, that's where I've been doing a lot of thinking about my own foundation between six and 12. I, I certainly developed as a runner, but, but not, for, not for much, much else. So I, I like the idea that I go back to some of the 
foundational things that I didn't work on as much like boxing. For me, I like to do something like that that challenges me. I don't think that I'm especially talented at something like that, but that's exactly the point is that I get better at boxing and my running gets better. My overall nervous system becomes more uh, adapted and I feel more confident as well. Now, what's funny to me though is we started boxing together years ago and I have this secret side of me that hopes that somebody sees your small stature and decides they're going to try to pick on you because <laughs> I, I've always said that out of everyone that I know, there's only one person, um, you know, excluding, obviously I say everybody I know, I mean, uh, athletes, uh, professional boxers and martial artists that I've worked with, excluding them, but just your everyday kind of person walking around. If there's one person that I wouldn't want to get in a fight with, it's you. <laughs> and it's true, right? You're uh, you're a little guy, but you've got, I mean, crazy speed and coordination, and you can connect so quickly. I I, uh, I, I also carry a shiv. Well, yeah, that that can help, <laughs> but. That's that's uh, part of, I think, what we need to understand about power output and mass-specific force is how all of this relates to is the nervous system. The nervous system really is going to drive everything. So getting, getting to wrap this up, what I hope that you take from this today is that whatever whatever we lack in experience, even if we didn't get that in between the ages of six and 12, we can still work on those things and get much better. So no matter how well you're performing now, you can, you can improve that by getting back to the basics and by understanding how to coordinate these movements and have some patience before you decide that you're going to go into more complex movements that require more anticipatory response. And, and in other words, if you already know, your brain already knows that you're going to pick that pencil up, it's, it's automatic. You don't have to think about it, but your transverse abdominus is reacting to that before you've actually done it is the thought process. And, and when we pick up a weight or we do a new movement, there's a certain level of that anticipatory response that we want to have to be able to use and respond with to a higher degree as we start to, instead of pick up a pencil, pick up a 10 pound weight and then eventually a hundred pound weight that has to be more and more automatic, especially as we do more complex movements. Sure. And I think, um, you know, wrapping even more up, uh, understanding that difference between uh, a workout and a training, uh, program and, uh, how, how are, how are those things fitting into your goals as a runner? or an athlete or just a human being. Uh, and uh, you mentioned before uh, the You Know When 10. If you don't know the You Know When 10, you should know the You Know When 10. It's a self-assessment series that can be found at our online training. Go to pendolaproject.com, P-E-N-D-O-L-A. Uh, and if you like, uh, you can uh, try the training for free for 14 days. And um, it's 25 bucks a month after that. Uh, and there's a lot that goes into that program. And um, as Matt said, you, you're going to have to have some patience, probably, whether you're a world class 
class athlete or whether you're just starting out with some strength training program. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube at Pendola Project. And uh, I think that's about it. Is that it, Matthew? You heard it first from the baby gorilla. <laughs> I've decided you can be the gorilla, but you're the baby gorilla. Oh, you shut your mouth. Uh, All right, if, guys. Yeah. Like you... this podcast, share it, give it to your friends, give it to your family, listen to it 10 times over until you 10 times. 10 times That's until you've of... stopped laughing at Matt's jokes. <laughs> you baby gorilla. All right, guys. Uh, we hope this helped you today. As always, we want you to be able to make the progress you deserve. Remember, it's your process. So this might be something that you're thinking about a little bit more when it comes to developing coordination. And as Chad said, we have programs out there for that. We hope that you will check them out. They're free for a full two weeks now. That used to be seven days. We made it two weeks because uh, we had some requests to be able to try out the programs a little bit longer. And certainly you may. So yeah. We hope that you do. All right. Until next time, guys, we'll see you next time. Yeah, man. Yeah, man.